If this life is driving you to drink, you sitting around wondering just what to think. Well, I got some consolation. I'll give it to you if I might. You know I don't worry about a thing, 'cause I know nothing's gonna be alright. Hello, I'm Ellie Mayo Hagan. I am Owen Jones. And this is Agitpod, our podcast that comes sometimes ad hoc, ad, ad hoc. hoc podcast, our not surprise for podcast. Surprise, we're here again. Woohoo! Yeah, when we can bother to get out of bed. Yeah. Um, Ellie, what have you been up to? What's going on? Um, not much actually. I did interview Keir Starmer this morning, the uh, Shadow Secretary for exiting the EU, which is a big mouthful. So I just called him the. He's got Brexit Secretary. He's got great hair, don't you think? He is very coiffured. That is true. I interviewed him in his office. It is going to be out next week with a very uh, exciting investigative journalism outlet called Unearthed. So you've had quite a week, haven't you? You've been attacked on Twitter quite a bit this week. Yeah, only by like the centrist dad demographic. They don't like being called that. They're going to get even more annoyed, aren't they? Yeah, so basically, I, d- I did this interview last Campbell. He asked me to do it. and I, Because we already had a bit of a confrontation early in the year. And he wanted to promote his new diary. But I, I, I said, fine. And then I was late, so I texted him going, oh, I'm late. And then because you're such a diva, isn't I you? I am a diva, yeah. And then we did this setup, this kind of contrived introduction where they followed him and it was going to be this big argy-bargy. And then he said, you know, you've got to prepare for things. And I went a bit, David Brent, and said, what, like Iraq? And then they got, he thought it was quite funny, but they didn't. They, thought they got really angry about it and just showed what an evil little David Brent-esque trot. I am, who was impertinent. Lots of people said I was impertinent. Do you want to explain what a centrist dad is for our listeners? How would you describe Prob- centrist dad? Because some people are going, oh, and you're 33, come on. You're a bit of a dad. Anyway, so basically, right. <laughs> it's basically like you've got the same level of humour as your average dad. Um, it's basically like a, right. a centrist Jesus. dad is like that particular brand of like white, middle-aged, kind of uh, like economically comfortable man who probably watches Top Gear and, you know, like, sort of likes Tony Blair, doesn't understand this Jeremy Corbyn thing, mm. is worried about Brexit. And anyway, I'm Greetings proud. to all the centrist dads. And as for I'm I proud. don't know where I'd be without them. <laughs> I love them. I've made uh, their faces into a pillow that I caress at night. And I embrace my partridesque personality, thank you very much. Aha! Right, <laughs> enough of us. Uh, let's bring in our two fabulous guests. Come on, do you want to do a drum roll? I'll do it. Okay. I know you can't really, it interferes with the sound if you do that. Yeah, we're, we are technically savvy now. We actually bought a massive mic stand today, so in fact one of our guests is currently like peering from behind it, because we don't like to be too professional. Which is the wonderful Joe from, he's the Northern Tsar of Momentum, no he's not true, he's the Northern, what's the title? Northern King. King. Northern Organiser. Northern Organiser. Emperor of the North. <laughs> Northern yeah. Organiser. And we have the fabulous Emma from... Momentum HQ. Hello. Hi. She's a national organiser, is that right? Yeah, so firstly, some like people that. might not know what Momentum is other than maybe, I was going to say what they've read from the Daily Mail. I'd be surprised if our listener base is thro- throbbing yeah, that with... Yeah, diagram is just two, <laughs> two circles, isn't it? <laughs> Male readers. Come on, what's Momentum all about other than nationalising your children? <laughs> uh, so you might remember, if you cast your mind back to the summer of 2015, uh, an outsider, Jeremy Corbyn, at 200 to 1, just scraped onto the ballot paper for the Labour leadership contest. And, um, you know, the odds were massively stacked against him. 
Nobody, including him, thought he had any chance of, of winning the leadership contest. And then what happened that summer was a massive explosion of activity and energy. Loads of people joined the party. Loads of people were at the Labour Party. Loads, lots of people joined as registered supporters. There was a massive kind of volunteer effort. Um, you know, and normally, I think, leadership contest for political parties kind of come and go without people paying too much attention to it. But this you know, really took people's um, imagination, I suppose. And because there'd been this massive influx in, in energy and activity, momentum basically grew out of that to try and harness all of that enthusiasm and turn it into something um, positive and creative that would help to revitalise the Labour Party and reconnect the Labour Party with its grassroots, help the Labour Party enter government on a on a bold and transformative agenda. That is basically what we've been trying to do for the last couple of years. Cheeky little USP momentum. How's it working out? We're the, we're the cool kids of the Labour Party as well. So, yeah. we, we, we do all the technology. Um, it's going well. Okay, we get it. We can't do technology on this podcast. Joey's so cool, by the way. He's got a Network Rail uh, logo on his on his jumper. Yeah, which he's is wearing a Network Rail jumper, yeah. so join the Labour Party. Yeah. Yeah, you get them. Always putting the message out there. <laughs> no, but it's going, it's going well. Um, we, you know, we had a very successful general election campaign. In I want to ask about that. In particular. Um, yeah, we've, you know, we've seen... Party membership rise to over six hundred thousand now. You know, people are getting involved. I think previously, a lot of members, you know, were just kind of card carrying members and weren't all that involved. They didn't have their voices heard. And I think that we've really kind of helped encourage them get involved. We do lots of social events as well. Um, we're doing the campaigning with you, Owen, up and down the country. The unseat campaign. So yeah, I, th- I would say it's going well. With the election, so the general election got called. Obviously, Theresa May, all cocky like, straight out of cabinet, going to smash the Labour Party into tiny little pieces. Um, so then what did Momentum do? Because Momentum actually, people, I don't think the story's been told enough, what Momentum actually did in that election to turn, and turn some pretty shocking odds into, into something quite different. I think at first, like probably most people on, on the left, we thought, oh no. What's going to happen now? Theresa May, mom's friendly robot company, it, is going to complete her quest for world domination. It, was, it, looked, it looked likely, didn't it? You know, we weren't, I don't think we were oblivious to the situation. You know, we were 20 <laughs> points behind in the polls. Um, but we kind of, that was our chance, wasn't it? You know, the, we'd had, you know, I don't really believe in a kind of a media conspiracy, but Jeremy hadn't really had much of a fair hearing. You know, he'd taken a lot of beating in the media and we thought, right, well, this is our chance. We know that Momentum is a good campaigning organisation. We've won two leadership elections that in the Labour Party that, you know, where all the odds were against us, where the establishment was against us, where the entire PLP was against us. And we thought, you know, if anyone can do it, it's us. Let's help the party. We went up and down the country running campaigns, campaign weekends, training sessions with Bernie Sanders organisers. I think, you know, we, we did an offensive campaign as well as a defensive. We went out on the offensive, places like Sheffield Hallam, Leeds Northwest. You know, we took those seats mm. from the Lib Dems. Croydon Central. Croydon That's Central. That's where I was. There was yeah. a thousand people down there on the day of the election. Battersea. You know, yeah, these yeah. places yeah. where the party said, no, we're done. And, you know, I think that we were quite... We were quite forward thinking, ambitious in where we went, and, and it paid off. I mean, Battersea, is a cla- so Battersea was, had a total majority of about 7,000 or something ridiculous. Mm. I remember at the last election, they were like, 
it's because Labour was too left wing. Mansion tax, uh, which Labour, you know, was promising at the time, and it turned off all these voters. And then that that theory hasn't quite survived the election. So Marsha de Cordova, who's a brilliant, one of the best of the new intake, uh, she won. But I remember, for me, one thinking something really is happening here. It was a few weeks into the campaign. I remember we did a campaign day in Battersea, mm. and we did start by doing speeches outside Clapham Junction Station, and you got this massive crowd on a boiling day. I remember it was just sweating like anything. But I was like, Clapham Junction, you know, to knock on doors. It wasn't a demo. These were door knockers. It was like, it felt a bit, you know, that kind of thing's just not happened before, has it? And that's what momentum was at the absolute core of. So I think um, it also took us by surprise to some extent. So when we organised the first training session, as Joe said, with the, um, the organisers who'd come over from Bernie Sanders' campaign, we did the first one in our office, our old office in Euston. And... I went outside about 15 minutes before it was due to start and there was a queue going all the way down the road around the block. And I thought, hang on a minute, are they, have I missed something? Is there another event going on? And then it like dawned on me that literally this massive queue of people, I think it's about almost 300 people, were coming to cram into our office to do a training session to learn how to knock on doors, have conversations with people about about why they're voting for the Labour Party. It was just unbelievable. And then, you know, we did them up and down the country. I think it was 38 or something in the end. Every marginal seat and every major metropolitan area. And we did about four or five on a weekly basis in London because there was such a big demand for them. And it just, you know, it was astounding, actually, because I think what happened was that, you know, it was such a case of um, the Tories thinking they were going to they had it in the bag it was such an arrogant move on their part they thought they could literally call an election wipe the Labour Party out for a generation treat the general public like they're completely thick and you know don't have their own opinions and have such low expectations from a government that they didn't even really bother putting out a proper manifesto or you know Theresa May spent most of the election hiding from the general public (laughs) Mm. you know so it was just a real a real case of that backfiring on them and by contrast the Labour Party, under Jeremy's leadership, putting together a really inspiring and bold manifesto for how the country could be different, how our future could be better if we worked together, which then mobilised and inspired so many activists to to play a part in making it happen. And so that's you, really what we saw. You've been chatting to these Momentum activists since 2015. I presume you must have talked to a lot of people who've joined Momentum. So where is all of this enthusiasm coming from? Why, why are people so keen... To get involved, why have you got queues around the block? Why are there a thousand people going to seats? I think I think there's there's a cultural shift happened, um, and I think a lot of that does come from Jeremy himself and the way that he presents himself, and you know, he, you know, he the kind of how genuine he is, the amount of people that you hear say, oh, you know, he he answers a question straight, you believe what he says. Um, I think that so quite a lot of that, but I think also kind of what he stands for and what he offers, you know, for. Um, for too long, you know, everyone has thought of these kind of career politicians not really kind of being willing to kind of deliver what they say they're going to deliver. Every, you know, everything has been kind of compromised. And I think that Jeremy has stood up and said, actually, no, we can afford to do these things. People deserve better than this. Let's go out there together and work and, you know, let's deliver a country for the many, not the few. And I, I think that I think there is I think there is a lot that is inspired by him as an individual and those ideas. I think that particularly if you look at the kind of the the youth turnout during the general election. I think you know there was a 
I, I'm 25 now, so you know, I don't really know the youth anymore. Oh, but, get uh, off our podcast. <laughs> get off our podcast. Right, the podcast is over. But, get out. But my sister's 20, you know, I was talking to her and all the cool friends. And, um, oh, shut up. They, 25 is so old. Well, you know, I've got a sore neck today. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, there was the whole grime for Corbyn thing. You know, young people turned out in a way that they'd never done before. Um, and I think I think it really does come from that sincerity and genuine kind of portrayal of, of Jeremy. And you know, he, he he stands by his record. The ideas are exciting. We're offering hope. I mean, the amount of times that going from place to place in the general election, I heard the phrase hope. You know, when people heard uh, looked through that manifesto and said it offers hope. I heard um, I did a session with Richard Bergen a couple of weeks ago in Leeds, and we asked people why they'd come down, why they'd got involved, and a woman stood up and said that. To, uh, up until like the week before the general election, she was on the brink of suicide. She thought that you know things were things weren't good, and then this happened. And she because she'd had a disability benefits court, you know that, that she was been declared fit for work, even though she was in a wheelchair, and you know it was a really upsetting story. And she said that general election got called, and instantly she she kind of felt that hope, and she thought. Jeremy Labour under Jeremy is going to offer me something different, and I, just, I think it is. I think it's a combination of Jeremy's kind of personality and that manifesto. I think it really drew people in. Here we are now after the election. Labour won seats like Canterbury and so on. It never won in its entire history. You know, went from thirty percent to forty percent in two years. You know, twenty fifteen was one of the worst defeats Labour's had since the war. Given where Labour were at, including in the polling. Bit the biggest increase in the share of the votes since 1945. But obviously now we're talking... Also, it was quite nice to see all of the smiles were wiped off all of those smug people's faces. Well, I quite enjoyed that, <laughs> say. I remember I was at... Um, I'm, I'm like, I'm a petty enough person to admit that. I was, <laughs> I was at ITV after the, uh, the Expo happened. It was funny because my table ended up being like... Uh, Matt's our cousin, the former spokesperson for Jeremy Corbyn. Rachel... Also, uh, Agitpod alumnus, Matt's our cousin. Uh, he is, previous, do, do listen to his... Uh, but I remember it was like our table ended up being like, I don't know, we were winning the World Cup, but everyone else around <laughs> us was like a funeral. Toby Young, probably one of the worst people who's ever lived. Uh, he was just staring into his computer. Anyway, um, enough of that pettiness. There's plenty of time. Another. We're going to be, we'll do a bonus petty special of Agitpod. <laughs> yeah, but we just, just list all of our enemies. It was true. These Tories, you just thought they were going to annihilate us. So come on, like, blimey. We can have a little bit of shouting for you at the fact they didn't. But on, on forget, forget that. But what now? I mean, in the sense of we've got Labour Party conference coming up in, and by the time people are listening to this, we're on the eve of Labour Party conference. So what's going to happen? That's what, that's what everyone in the country will be thinking. Yeah. Like, oh, it's the eve of Labour Party that we are. Yeah. No, no one's sleeping that night. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what presents in the form of contemporary motions are going to appear yeah. under the tree tomorrow? I've got composite motion 4576. <laughs> um, so what is, what, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not going to be like some sort of bloodbath, is it? It's no, not a civil war raging the Labour Party. So I think what, that'd be quite good. I think we'll have a nice time for once. Yeah, it'd be a laugh. Uh, what do you think? So what, what's going to happen, basically? And what, what should people watch out for? What, what's it say about the direction of the party? What's going to happen? So Labour Party conference this year, I think, as Ellie said, I think it's actually going to be, I think it's going to be a really great event because it's the, we've got the biggest delegation of... Um, of delegates going, so people who've been elected by their local Labour parties. I think it really is testament to how much engagement and participation there is amongst the grassroots members of the Labour Party now. 
that so many CLPs are sending larger delegations. That's, that's have... constituency Labour parties. Yep, sorry, jargon, 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 jargon. If you're going to join the Labour Party, you've got to get used to you some acronyms. Get... Yeah, yeah, Google. Uh, we love a good acronym in the Labour Party. Absolutely, I know, it's a nightmare. I used to be a teacher and I thought that was bad enough, but <laughs> there's even more acronyms in the Labour Party, I think. <laughs> so yeah, there's going to be um, loads and loads of people there as delegates, and I think that shows how much participation and activities going on amongst the grassroots members of the party, which is great. Um, delegates will obviously get to vote on different things, and it's the main opportunity every year for Labour Party members to directly feed into the decisions of the party. So, again, that's that's going to be really exciting. And then there's also a massive amount of, kind of fringe activities and events going on. Momentum's organised um, The World Transformed, which we also did last year, which was a big success, and I think it's going to be even bigger and better this year. Why don't you explain to our listeners what The World Transformed is? Yeah, so The World Transformed is going to be a big sort of fringe festival running alongside Labour Party conference, so we'll be hoping to attract lots of the conference delegates and guests and visitors to conference, but also, you know, just Labour Party members and people in the local area. And it's essentially a, a sort of festival of politics, culture and arts, so it's bringing together all of those things and giving people space to be able to talk and discuss ideas about how we're going to transform the world, hence the name, The World Transformed. So we've got, um, look, there's loads and loads of stuff going on from uh, Ed Miliband's pub quiz to... What's Ed Miliband's pub quiz? <laughs> says it, name says on the tin. Yeah. He's actually, he's hosting <laughs> the, pub that quiz. Is the pub most- quiz. Ed was our guest last week, I've got to say, that is the most Ed Miliband thing I've yeah. ever heard, of course. Because you know, last week we had him on and he started talking about how much he liked Steps when he was DJing at Radio 2. And oh, then he wow. just like reeled off a load of facts about Steps sunlight. <laughs> he's ergonomically designed to host a pub quiz. He's like very... a cult icon now, isn't he? He is. He's, he's he is, cool, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's great, you know. Yeah. It is this new cool Labour party, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, there's, so there's nine venues all around Brighton. There's going to be two big parties. There's going to be back to back to back to back workshops, discussions. We've got speakers coming from all over the world, um, including the Bernie crew. Yeah, I've got people from the Bernie campaign and Naomi coming Klein. in. Naomi Klein, Naomi Klein, David Harvey. She's an Agitpod alumnus. Well, Naomi yeah. Klein. I feel we've really brought the standard of guests down. We've got like Armando Iannucci, Naomi Klein, Ed Miliband. This is Pete guests. Sorry, Are listeners. You kidding me? This is like, they used to help us set up our audio equipment. That's none of them did that. So yeah. yeah. Momentum will help transform the country and also set up your podcasting equipment. You heard it here yes. first. So do get in touch with them because they are they offer a range of services. <laughs> Socialism yeah. and podcasting. I've also we've also got a tax return coming up in a few months, so if you want to help out with that, oh. please do. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm busy that day, I think. Yeah, yeah. like, um, could yeah. you actually not joke about this? Yeah. Solidarity <laughs> to all of our self-employed listeners, we feel your pain. Um, yeah, I mean, it is interesting, isn't it? Because it'll be quite interesting to see what kind of crowd it'll be. Because I remember going to a Labour Party conference, you know, 2011 kind of period, 2012. Oh, God, shoot me now. Yeah. It was one of those. It was quite dry and I went I went we went together, didn't we? Yeah. Not many cool kids. And if you were if they were younger, I don't wanna sound I'm gonna say this about something harsh. 
Mm. No, I'll just say it. If they were younger, I was automatically suspicious of them. It's like, why would people join yeah. the Labour Party? They used, to, they used to have a nickname. They were called the Lanyards, and they were basically the sort of young men with like haircuts and suits that suits. used to sort of like march Lots around with Lots lanyards on and like and, holding and lattes. They were either special advisors or wannabe special advisors on mm. a route towards becoming an MP. I don't want to like generalise because, of course, you also had people I didn't agree with, who were very principled or rah, 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 disclaimer. But, but yeah, I mean, now it will be interesting because it will be this new wave of people, including you know, who only just got started getting involved a couple of years ago or less. They'll be there, won't they? I think that I think it this year it has the opportunity to be a very exciting conference. I think the past two conferences, you know, twenty fifteen Jeremy had just taken leadership, twenty sixteen he'd just defended himself in a leadership election, so there wasn't really much time to prepare for that. I think now, you know, we've come off UK, we didn't win the general election, but, you know, we've had, we had the biggest in increase in the vote since 1945. We took 30 plus seats, you know, so we're in a very strong position. We've got an incredible manifesto. We've had time to prepare for it. So I think what uh, from the party's point of view, I think this is a real opportunity for us to set out our stall and say, this is what we're going to do. You know, we've got the Tories on the ropes and we say, you know, this is how we're going to take them on. This is what we're going to deliver for Britain. I think actually it'll be a much more friendly um, environment as well. Hopefully it won't be kind of as boring. Momentum's obviously we're doing our bit kind of um, contribute to that. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a good few days for us. Always happens that you end up by the end of it feeling like you've been dragged through a bush or something, whatever. Yeah, I remember uh, actually one year, it was 2015 actually, and Jeremy had just won. And the atmosphere was really intense at conference mm. because all of the old guard were still there and they were furious that Jeremy had won and like, and the press were all like desperate to kind of get hold of some gossip or film some arguments. And so it, the, the atmosphere was really intense. And um, all of my friends were going to a festival the weekend afterwards. And I was so exhausted that I did, I canceled going to the festival and went home. And I just remember going to my parents' house and crying in the bath yeah. when I got home because I was like so exhausted. And I can honestly say this is the first year that I've actually been like really looking forward to it and thinking it's going to be really fun. It's, uh, yeah, but it's just knackering. In, it is. So, it is you it's, end up, it's like being at Glastonbury. I, I collapsed at the end of last year's. On the last day, I collapsed in the Blimey, hotel. Really? Uh, just exhaustion, you know. You I couldn't, I can't, this intense <laughs> politics. You know, I wasn't made for it. Politics I wasn't coming out my ears. I just can't cope with the politics. You're like like Lindsay Lohan when she's like, I can't complete my my work. I I have go to rehab because of exhaustion. The struggle is real. Have you yeah. ever been compared to Lindsay Lohan before? You no, yeah, I quite I like quite like Lindsay Lohan. I'll take that. <laughs> a lot of parallels. Yeah, um, I like Freaky Friday. Her remake of Freaky Friday was great. Mean Girls, obviously, classic. Well, that is a classic. That is actually a classic. We can all. I think like you like yeah. everyone regardless of their political affiliations, though. And the Jeremy Corbyn, we will all have Lindsay Lohan films. Yeah, well, we're going to nationalise Lindsay Ho Lohan for a start. Definitely. She's getting nationalised, yeah. if you're listening. I think <laughs> we should ennoble her, Lady Lohan. Yeah, well, no, we're abolishing all those titles, but we are making... No, she'll be Comrade Lohan. Yeah, Comrade Lohan, yeah. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> so you join Momentum and you too can be part of this brave new world. <laughs> Who was it? Was it Lindsay Lohan during the EU referendum tweeting about that she was like... Oh, yeah. She was tweeting about Ketteridge or yeah. somewhere like that. Yeah, she was tweeting yeah. about Kettering and how close it was. Kettering, yeah, know. and whether it was going to be Brexit or not. It's like the most unlikely political commentator on yeah. Brexit. I told you, we've made politics cool again. <laughs> yeah. But then she like offended everyone in Kettering and then agreed to make it up to them by turning on their Christmas lights and then she didn't turn up. 
Mm. So rude. That, is, that is rude. She's no yeah, longer comrade. Really no. Yeah. So we'll have to. Joe would no, turn up. I would definitely turn Joe up. Would, Joe would. Joe would. So yeah. I'll turn up to open another. This is another um, <laughs> service momentum offer. Is they will turn on your Christmas <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Christmas lights, podcast equipment, and tax returns. Yeah. Um, right. It's the triumvirate of uh, social organising, isn't it? Those three. So the toys are in a right old panic at the moment. That's the only thing vaguely holding them together because, as we can see, over Brexit, you've got. Boris Johnson obviously doing a leadership pitch and you know, they're all at each other's throats and if you can hear some banging by the way that is Kia I don't no know it what. isn't I think it's I think it's a neighbour trying to break in anyway um, no it isn't I don't know what's getting there's something going let on let me in <laughs> I've got opinions <laughs> we've all got opinions and the world needs to hear them um, yeah so the only thing and when you talk to uh, political journalists who, who know the Tories personally they say they are in a total panic and you know it's a, it's a fear that goes way beyond that of a normal uh, Labour government. It's the spectre that's haunting the Tory party. The, the spectre s- of Corbyn. Yeah. Uh, that is funny. Um, the problem is, so in 1992 till 1997, from from basically Black Wednesday when the economy went down the tank in 1992, mm. they were just basically falling to pieces for five years and that's all they did, fell to pieces, had public row spats and they just kept thinking something will come up, something will come up and it never did. What do we do? I mean... I'll be in my late, you'll be 30, I'll be in my late 30s by the time 2022 comes along. How old do you be? Uh, oh, my maths, I'll be, God, I'll be in my mid-30s. Yeah, I mean, it's 35. not, I do, we don't, do we, so what are we going to do? Do you think, what, what, because the, uh, conversely, the worse it gets, the harder it is for us to get rid of them. Kind well, of. I don't know about you, Who but I'm going to moisturise by the time I get into my <laughs> late 30s. <Yeah. laughs> fighting that ageing process. I've, even I've been doing that. Little jibes about my youthfulness have begun to dissipate. Um, yeah, so what are we going to do? What's the strategy? What's the plan? Well, I think, you know, Jeremy has put the party on a permanent election footing, and I think that that's what, you know, that's what we need to do. We need to be getting out campaigning up and down the country. Me and Owen went to Shipley last weekend, weekend before. Seems um, to be known as the People's Republic of Shipley. Yeah. Tell people about the local MP there. He's uh, he's not a very nice man, Philip Davies. No. Davies. Um, and, but, I mean, it was great. You know, we had, on a, on a Sunday morning... We had, what, 200 plus people in a room to listen to me tell them how to knock on a door. You know, it was, I mean, that, that doesn't happen, right? Um, Did you, uh, you say, well, first you form your hand it, into a fist shape. No, 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 no. <laughs> the gate, you've got, to, you've got to tackle the gate first. You've got to the gate. Um, no, but, you know, so we, we've got to go out there. We've got to get, get the message out there. Because, you know, I think that was something that we did struggle with mm. between 2015 and 2017. Jeremy's what he, you know, kind of... In terms of policy, we didn't really get it out there, but then during the general election, we really did. So we need to keep that up. We need to go to all these marginals, have the conversations, and I think that I think that the government, uh, sorry, that the Labour Party are doing a very good job of holding the government to account at the minute. Seeing people like Angela Rayner, Richard Bergen, Rebecca Long Bailey, you know, they're doing a These great job. These are shadow cabinet members. Yeah, sorry, um, you know, and I think they're doing they're doing a great job, and we need that we need them to keep up that work, right? And I think I I can't see that I can't see this Conservative government lasting for too long. So this is what we're doing with uh, so momentum's unseat campaign that I'm doing with them. So we're travelling around the country basically. We're targeting because one of the things that happened in the last election is Labour won certain seats, but one of the big stories was what were previously safe Tory seats became marginal Tory seats. So Ian Duncan-Smith, who hammered disabled people, low-paid workers and all the rest, he went from 8,500 to 2,500. Boris Johnson, international joke, extraordinaire, he went from over 10,000 to 5,000. Putney, we did, that went from 10,000 to 1,500. Shipley, sexist bigot Philip Davies... Uh, apparently he thinks that's defamatory. Sue me then, Philip. See how that goes. His majority went from an eight and a half thousand to, f- uh, or about nine thousand to four and a half thousand. 
Uh, and we've got loads. Brockstow coming up, a few hundred. But is it, what's interesting about it is, see what we think about this, is that all these events, about half the people in the room have never knocked on a door before. Mm. Um, and what this is, it's a confidence thing, isn't it? People have this view of what it is to knock on a door and think, ah, it's too daunting, it's scary, I'll get yelled at, I'll be put on the spot about policy. And it's about turning members into activists, isn't it? Partly. And it's, it is confidence, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's certainly for my whole life, there's been this sense, so that's, you know, almost 30 years. Uh, Let's move on from how old we are. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Except for Joe, who can shut up. <laughs> yeah. yeah, old Joe over there. Yeah. Old man Joe. <laughs> um, you know, I, I am sure all of our lives, it, we've been, there's been this general sense that politics is broken. Mm-hmm. And it's, but, you know, but there's, that's just said flippantly as if mm-hmm. there's nothing that any of us can do about it. Mm-hmm. And I think what we're starting to see now is a, a reverse in that trend. And actually people, the reason why politics has been broken is because actually ordinary people have been incredibly disempowered and not involved in the process. So politics is this thing that you're either, you know, if you're a real cool kid like us, you're either into it or the vast majority of the people consider themselves not to be into politics. And it's like... And kind of resentful of it and, and sort <laughs> yeah. of abandoned by it, I Exa- find. Exactly, because it's disempowering. And it's like, you know, a group of people far away in Westminster, wearing suits, kind of rolling around in this big old building and making decisions and talking about things that nobody really understands what they're doing. And there's very low level of sort of accountability to the wider public, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera. You get a one-off vote every five years and, you know, that's between two parties, which previously there hadn't been... There'd been a sense anyway that there wasn't a big difference between them and the idea that all politicians are the same etc etc and I think that what we've seen now is a reverse in that trend that ordinary people up and down the country actually really do want to be involved and do want to participate and I think Momentum's role is about trying to encourage that and nurture that as much as possible and support that so with the training sessions that we started during the general election that we've been continuing with now it's about Kind of getting the message out to people that actually you don't need to be an expert on the economy um, or on you know housing policy. All you need, to, all you need, is to be yourself and to be a person who ev- everyone has their own personal story and their own reason why they're voting for the Labour Party or why they're a member of the Labour Party or support the Labour Party. And actually, to go and knock on someone's door and have a conversation, person to person, being connected with your own reason for supporting the Labour Party is the only thing that you actually need. So actually, it's just about giving people the confidence and the ability to to get involved and participate and take the message out there. And I think that's really how we're going to build a genuine movement for like to get the Labour Party into government with a, a bold, transformative agenda that will genuinely rebalance wealth and power in the country. And that's what we've to do over the next few years. Whether there's a snap general election, you know, whether the Tories can't hold on to the the government that, that, that they're currently in, and whether the election might come earlier, we don't know. But whenever it comes, I think we have to be ready for it, and that's what we're building for. I think uh, I think it's it's easy as well. I think um, there is a there's a huge amount of apathy out there. Um, John Harris from the Guardian did this amazing video piece during the Stoke by-election. If anyone can remember back to that mm-hmm. lifetime. And he went round in Stoke, and he was speaking to people, and there was, and I, I went, I spent a lot of time in Stoke, and there was just incredible levels of apathy, like I'd never seen before. And there was this one bit where he had this guy shouting down from a council block to him, and he was asking, "Are you going to vote?" And he says, "No, you're all the same. Why would I? They're all idiots." And then he comes down to talk to John Harris, and then these doorstep, these door knockers that were new, new party members, members of Momentum, just kind of happened across them when, when John Harris was filming this bit. And within about 15 minutes of them chatting to this guy, this young, probably 
I think he was about 18, I think he'd been to prison and he just felt that there was nothing for him. And within, within 15 minutes of them talking to him, he was convinced that he was going to go and vote Labour and, you know, that there was some hope. And I think that if we can encourage as many of these 600,000 members as possible to do that, you know, if you all have two conversations, even only two conversations of people that that aren't voting Labour at the minute, that's another over a million votes for the party. You know, that might have won us the general election, you know. So I think that, you know, people shouldn't be fearful of it you know it's very easy we're all normal people let's go out there and just kind of talk also i think canvassing is quite fun like you meet lots of nice people you know everyone in the labor party actually doesn't matter really like what they where they stand on jeremy they actually are, are pretty nice and welcoming and you know i remember canvassing in tooting this election and it was a really nice sunny day and just went and walked around with loads of people and like met lots of people and they all told me about the, their lives and their experiences and their thoughts and you meet people that you might never meet in your normal everyday life. I found generally people are like really welcoming because it's really rare that someone knocks on their door and wants to hear their opinion. So when someone does, they're actually quite pleased. And yeah, because people often say, don't they? Because the people often who I know don't camp or haven't canvassed before, and, and this is our big ambition now is to get people at the moment who want to change the country but, you know, they don't know what to do or how to go about it. It's, you know, confidence and all the rest of it. But when you knock on doors, actually a more common complaint is people only knock on my door at election time. Yeah. And, and actually what we need to do, and this sort of canvassing that we're doing, this persuasive campaigning, isn't about just knocking a door, you know, it's, it's about having chats with people. You learn from them yourself about their hopes, their dreams, their aspirations, their insecurities, their fears. And it is their just... Neuroses, their neuroses, their sexual hang-ups. Yeah. All of it. It all comes out. So an, old, an old man took me into it. his house and was showing me pictures of his daughters and his grandchildren. <laughs> and, uh, all also, sorts. can I just... Can I just yeah, give a shout out for all the dog petting? So great. Oh, I know, but the dog biting is not so good. Don't tell them that. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, there's no dog biting. There's no dog biting. <laughs> That's just another Tory line. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> no, I ha I got to pet some two really cute dogs in the same house last time I went canvassing, and it just made my day. I practically like pushed the actual boa out of the way to get to the dogs. <laughs> if that doesn't sell it, I don't know what will. Yeah, exactly. Everyone <laughs> loves dogs. Everyone dogs. loves dogs. And if, frankly, if you don't, then just stop listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> right, so if we win the next election, when? No, if we win the next election, what will happen then? We've got this establishment in this country of vested economic interests and so on. Who, who aren't that keen about, you know, maybe being nationalised or having to pay more tax? Um, and they've been used to an order which gives them huge amounts of wealth and power and deregulation and privatisation and... And, and less work is right, so they can basically treat their workforce how they want within reason. I mean, what what will momentum do in that situation? Is it about partly, do you think it will be mobilising people to defend the government against that kind of onslaught? What do you think? I mean, no one said it was going to be easy. <laughs> they don't so, call it a struggle for nothing. Yeah. But I mean, this is, you know, I think this is the story of, of human history, to be honest, is, is the, you know, we we stand on the shoulders of giants of people who have have worked together and struggled and stood up for you know the redistribution of of power and wealth from from the few to the many and and that's exactly what we would have to continue doing in in different ways and i think the more that we have a sort of active sense of citizenship so we you know we're seeing it at the moment within the labor party but actually what we should be aspiring to i think is having people in every community who are really involved and participating in the decisions that affect their lives and when you have that kind of level of engagement 
and participation, then it's much, much harder for people at the very top to make decisions and to hoard power and wealth in a way that's detrimental to the interests of the majority. And I think for a long time we have had a political system, as we were saying before, you know, politics is broken. We've had a political system which actually doesn't really facilitate people's mass participation, and that's we've got a massive uphill mm. struggle ahead. But you know, that is the trend that we're starting to reverse at the moment: getting people active, getting people involved, get people participating. But it feels good, though, doesn't it? Like, it feels, feels good to be. I feel like whenever I've done um, this kind of activism, it feels really good to be doing something. You feel mm. like you you can make a difference, and that's like really refreshing. So tell our listeners then, if they wanted to get involved in Momentum, what do they do? Well, uh, first of all, take a look on our <laughs> taking a look on our website. We've got I think 164 groups now across wow. the country, um, up and down the country. You know, um, in Scotland and Wales as well. Um, take a look on there. You can find out who your local group is and get in touch with them. Um, keep a lookout on the kind of the unseat uh, website as well, because we're like I say with Owen, we're going up and down the country doing these campaigning sessions. That's a really good way for people to kind of get involved, because we will do training at the start of that as well. So if you feel a bit worried, you know. Check out our social media game. Our social media game is pretty strong at the minute. We're getting millions of views on our videos. Um, you can kind of keep up to date there. And, you know, ultimately, you know, hopefully you'll feel enough to kind of join the Labour Party to get out there campaigning with us. And also, if you're from the North, you will have to make some kind of ritual offering to the Emperor of the North, Joe Bradley. Well, we don't, I won't talk about it on the airwaves, but we, yeah, we'll, we'll take that one offline. <laughs> All right, we've got a conference to prepare for. Uh, pretty exciting. It is exciting though, can I just say, because it's weird having grown up in a time when being an old man. No, but growing up in a time where just thirty-three year old speaking. Yeah. Can we get our can we get our producer to play the Hovis theme tune? <laughs> but it was uh where the left you know, any vaguely left wing idea was ridiculed, demonised, you know, renationalised the railways is like, oh yeah, nine eighty three, Michael Foot, how did that pan out? And uh, for things to have shifted is uh, pretty exciting. Momentum have been an absolute uh, fundamental part of that in, in, in so many different ways. So, you know, well done on that. Uh, it is exciting. And also, there's hope. I mean, it's weird because even in the Miliband era, I remember back then, it was difficult to get any lefty voices on TV. And if you got on TV and radio back then, it was like... I, I would go on TV sometimes in the Miliband era and the host and the producer yeah. and the Tory guest would all laugh at you, yeah. and then it would be like, okay, three, two, yeah. one, on air. How, how droll and cute. I, yeah. I, I went to an event in 2013, you might, you might, may or may not remember it, Owen, at the Manchester International Festival, and it was called, like, um, what was it, like, Do We Have Power or something? It was Evan Davis oh, was yeah. hosting it. I and it was, that. But, and you were, like, the token left-winger. Yeah, yeah. And, it was, yeah. and now, you know, with, since Jeremy getting on the ballot paper, within two years, we got this incredibly radical manifesto. You know, we're on the, we're on the brink of being, you know, taking power... It's, yeah, it's been, it's been crazy. It's been but right, It's hopeful, it? you know, it's, it's it exciting. And politics is cool again, so, you know. Woo! <laughs> yeah. So say, you're I, the losers, not us. <laughs> yeah, I'd say sexy. We're cool now. We're in. Yeah, yeah we're, we're the cool cats, not the dreams anymore in the class. Uh, <laughs> thank you very much to our brilliant guests, Emma and Joe. And do just get involved. Momentum website, Momentum Facebook page, look at one seat. And, you know, join us knocking on doors. It is genuinely fun. 
So Yeah, and also me and Owen will be going to conference. We're going to record a conference special. We're not sure when it'll be out there because our absolute slacker of a producer, Alex. He's just, not a slacker, he's has decided to go on a honeymoon. Selfish. Who's he Selfish. Thinking? Oh, I've got married and I've got a oh, wife. I'm happy with my wife. Oh. <laughs> Pathetic. And he has to listen to this and he can't yeah, say anything. he's listening anything. right now, so, so. Let, let's stop there. Let's stop there because uh, we do need him to uh, make To us, actually look, get this out. Not edit the podcast together that makes um, us look really bad we will be back soon with some great guests and uh so just you know have fun enjoy yourselves out there and we'll see you after conference sound like jerry springer lots of love bye bye but i don't worry about a thing because i know nothing's going to be all right